Welcome to another episode of Alaska Motorsports Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Welcome back, folks, to Alaska Motorsports Podcast, coming to you from the beautiful state of Alaska. First off, I need to apologize to you guys, to the listeners out there. It has been a brutal summer on me and the family and the riders. You know, it started raining just after 4th of July and didn't stop till September. There was a few days in and out of there, but not many. Also, I've been under construction here, so... I've been preoccupied. We're getting behind that now, so it's time to get back to it. I want to thank you listeners for hanging in there and giving me a little break. Today I want to talk about winterizing your motorcycle. It's not too late. There's a lot of things out there that people are not sure of and don't do and so forth and so on. So here I am to try and educate you. Let's start with the storage of the bike itself. Obviously, the best thing to do is get it inside under a cover shed, garage. Also, when you get it inside, though, it's also a good idea to put a cover over the bike, even though it's inside. Uh, That keeps things, like in my garage, things may fall, a broom may land on it, somebody may lean on it or something like that, and it protects the bike from the incidentals that you don't necessarily necessarily plan on but if you don't have a facility to store it in and you have to keep it out back in the yard or something like that most definitely put a cover on it i am also going to recommend before you cover it and store it for the winter spray it down with wd-40 you know the gas tank pipes the wheels try and keep it off the rotors though and the brakes But spray down the bike with WD-40. That's going to protect it against moisture, especially when you put the cover back over it. Any moisture that may come up from the ground. I learned years ago that I don't remember exactly what the figure is, but the ground releases moisture up to like one square foot, like a half a cup a day. Uh, So if you cover it, you still have moisture coming up from the ground. You may not be getting rain on the gas tank, but it's going to be coming up from underground. And that's what deteriorates the chrome and the polish and stuff like that. So spray it down with WD-40. Make sure you get up underneath of it. And and if that gives you the willies, when you get ready to ride in the spring, you just wash it off. WD-40 will wash off with a little soap and water, and you're good. But... Protecting it during the winter is what you're trying to do because there's two there's a there's a lot of bikes out there that got a dull finish. I know you've all seen those beautiful bikes and then they, you look at the engine in and it's just dull. Well, it's dull because it's been getting moisture on it, probably stored outside. WD-40, put a cover on it, put it in the backyard, and you should be good. One of the other topics I want to chat about is batteries. This one comes up a lot. 
And a motorcycle battery sitting there can freeze as low as 20 degrees. The battery that is fully charged will typically freeze at a much lower temperature. But a weak battery that's been sitting there a couple months, that can start freezing at 20 degrees. So that's where your battery tenders come in. Put a battery tender on it. It maintains the, the voltage, keeps it up to operating, I don't want to say temperature, but because the acids and the fluids are all moving inside the battery when you're charging, it's like a little percolator in there. It keeps it from freezing. But if you don't have a battery tender, and they're pretty cheap, folks. I mean, I've seen them as low as 20 bucks. You can buy them. Harbor Freight's got them. Alaska Leather's got them. They're, they're pretty cheap. You just hook them up to the battery, plug them in, and walk away from it. You don't have to worry about it at all during the winter. I personally take my batteries out. I take the batteries out of my off-road equipment and put them in the garage. But my street bikes, I put or battery tenders on them. Uh, they're easier to take care of that way. They don't freeze. I've never had a problem. But that's the best way to take care of it because it, it keeps the, the batteries full. And then when you come out in the springtime, you fire it up, boom, it's, it's got a voltage there as long as your battery stays good. A dead battery is going to freeze. It has no voltage in it. It's going to freeze. If your bike's been sitting for a couple years or maybe just a year before you store it, charge that battery and then take it out and or put a battery tender on it there's a lot of people that think well i didn't use it all this summer so we'll just let it go into next winter well that battery's going to freeze up and the plastics that these batteries are in i have seen them freeze and crack the plastic and then when it thaws you've got a mess the acid creates damage to exhaust pipes and frames and battery boxes and everything else so when it comes to batteries take them out Put them in your basement where it's warm or put a battery charger slash tender on there and it'll keep it up. I want to chat about oil. There's a lot of differences here. Some people say change it in the wintertime, change it in the summertime. I check my oil before I store it, but I don't change it till springtime. In the springtime, I will fire it up, run it around, get all the uh, debris, if you will, in the oil in the filter, then I change it. Um... Unless you've had a very, very long and hard riding season, change it before you store it. You know, if, if you've got a lot of debris, you know, I don't want to make it sound like you got sand in there, but if you got debris you think's inside there because you've been riding it hard and so forth, change it. That's what the filter and fresh oil are for. But if under typical conditions, just change it in the springtime. You always want to check your lights. This isn't just about storing your bike. Uh, I'll get into this a little deeper here in a second, but every time you ride your bike, you should be checking your lights, making sure you've got turn signals and so forth. Brake lights, the must. You only have one brake light, so if you lose that brake light, people are going to rear-end you. That's just the bottom line. Some motorcycles, mine included, I have a additional light on the back that when I hit the brakes, it flashes. I do that purposely. It brings attention to me stopping officially they are illegal here in the state a lot of our policemen are motorcycle riders too and they do it as well it's just getting you noticed you ride down the highway and stuff like that and you see these kids with bicycles that got lights on them that they're flashing and all that stuff if it's all right for them it's all right for us is the way i look at it i've never been ticketed I've never even been questioned about it it only comes on when I break, but now's the time to make sure you got everything working. 
This way, I'm leading into this, or segue into this, if you need to order parts, because there is a parts issue right now trying to get stuff up here to Alaska, order it in November or December. Hopefully, it'll be here by May. Plus, if you want to put an accessory on it, you know, if you've been kicking around, hey, I want to put windshield on, or I want to put saddlebags, or I want to change the seat, so forth and so on, this time of the year, most of your motorcycle accessory suppliers, online dealers and stuff, run sales during the winter. So it's better to do it in the winter, order your accessories. And then if you, if you have the time or the place, you can put it on before riding season even occurs. So as I said, winter time's the time to do it, especially if you've got tires. I always have my tires installed during the winter because they're typically looking for work to do. So it's very easy for them to do motorcycle work in the winter. The dealers typically hold off their for their big projects during the winter time, like engine rebuilds and stuff like that. But if you schedule your service in the winter time and you have means to haul it, take it to the dealer or your repair shop and get the work done because they're typically looking for work to do in the winter time. I want to talk about a topic, and this goes for your car too, I, not just your motorcycle. But if you, this is the number one neglected item that people just don't think about unless you regularly take your stuff to the dealer. The coolant in your motorcycle and in your car should be changed every two to three years and then have the system flushed out. Most people on their motorcycle realize that they have coolant in it, but they never do anything with it. They, they never change it. They never check it. They, you know, they look in there and say, oh, yeah, I got some coolant in there and I'm good. Well, yeah, you are good, but that stuff breaks down and will clog up the ports of your radiator. Radiator has very tiny ports that run in and out of it, and that's where the coolant, the hot coolant flows into the radiator. The wind blows through the radiator with a fan or your road speed, brings the temperature down, and then runs it back into the engine so it can get reheated again, and then, you know the vicious cycle starts all over again. But when those ports clog up, you're not going to get efficient coolant. You need to flush it. Typically. Well, you can go on YouTube. I, I know I've seen them. There's probably a hundred videos on how to change it and flush it, but make sure you flush it. Typically, it's just a matter of putting an additive in it before you drain it, run it, get it hot, and so forth, and then change it. Every manufacturer is going to be a little different, so I recommend you checking your manufacturer's spec. But go on YouTube. You probably can find your bike if you type in your bike and what needs to be changed and so forth. Now, not every motorcycle has a coolant tank or a radiator or something like that, but most of your modern vehicles, side-by-sides, four-wheelers, different machines now, the manufacturers are using coolant to keep them cool instead of depending on airflow. Like a four-wheeler, you can't really get a good airflow under the front because all the debris, not debris, but all the accessories that everybody bolts on the front, you know, bumpers and winches and stuff like that, and then you don't get a good airflow in there to keep the engine cool so they put a radiator in so side by sides you know they have all that plastic to give it that automobile look and they can't get airflow to your engine to cool it off so they put a radiator in folks that's like i said it's the number one forgotten item uh hopefully a few of you will hear this and say oh crap i gotta go get that checked out go on youtube it can be done at the house the problem is getting the new coolant in it you have to make sure you got it filled because if you don't fill it, you'll have an air pocket in there, and that creates an overheating condition. So 
If you don't know what you're doing, take it to a dealer. If you do know what you're doing, watch a video and refresh yourself with what you need to do so you don't have any problems later. I want to finish this episode off by telling you guys um, I have been, you all know that I've been restoring my 1976 YZ250 Yamaha, obviously. And it's been a long, long process. But I am proud to say that it is completed. I finally got the seat done. That had to be custom built by a guy in Taiwan, believe it or not. I think he was the original sewer from the, the original seat manufacturer because that thing was, I couldn't order a specific co cover. Every time I did, it didn't fit. So I sent him the old cover and he made me a completely new one to fit. Finally got all that taken care of. The bike is done. I do have to get the seat on it i have the seat done i just haven't bolted it on yet because winter has come but as soon as i get that done i will get some pictures posted on the website it it's beautiful uh i think it is you know it, it just brings back so many memories seeing that thing I, I i do enjoy it the next one i have is a 1980 xr 500r street legal bike matter of fact it it was street legal and street ridden until last year it's in immaculate shape. I am reluctant to even restore it because it's in such good shape. You know, most of the time it's the original condition is ideal. Uh, and this one here is in that type of condition that I am just concerned if I restore it, then I may actually knock a little value off of it. But I will keep you posted. Uh, I know there are some pictures of the XR on the site, I think. If not, I will get some posted, but I do plan on putting them in the museum the Wasilla Transportation Museum. Hopefully, spring of 23, they'll be up there. I have to work all the details out of that. But other than that, folks, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving me a little break there so I can get some personal stuff taken care of. And, you know, you're under construction. Nothing goes the way you plan on it. Nothing costs what you were told. And it just setback after setback after setbacks i appreciate everybody supporting me and helping through this time of construction once again this is mike from alaska motorsports podcast remember sit back and enjoy the ride guys so this brings us to a close of another great podcast don't forget to tune in next time you never know who's going to be my guest or what topic we might be covering I want to remind everybody to subscribe and to follow us and to visit our website. Donations are greatly appreciated so I can continue to grow and bring great podcasts to you. If you have any questions or ideas for topics, email me at Alaska Motorsports Podcast at gmail.com. And please always remember to sit back and enjoy the ride.